Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, energetic as usual, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Listen, don't come at me being <laughs> all energetic, Mr. Uh, I'm going to be late to recording. The, the kids haven't fallen asleep yet. It is still no, late no, no, outside, no. Uh-uh. Pat. That is not the what I said. The sun is above the horizon. <laughs> what <laughs> I said your was kids story go to time bed with the sun out. Oh, story, story time went long. Uh, yeah, so I've been reading um, to Liam. I've been reading this series called uh, Wings of Fire, uh, which is like a. Uh, it's it's okay. It's like a young adult kind of book series uh, about dragons. And then I've been reading Luke, the uh, Harry Potter series. And honestly, I just don't like Harry Potter. I think it's so overrated. I only read I read all the books to Liam because like I thought it'd be good for him. I've been reading him to Luke because again, I thought it'd be good for him. But then today I, I turned to him like, hey, guys, how because and also like like I have to split up their story time. So I read like 10 minutes to Liam, 10 minutes to Luke. I'm like, hey. What if we spent 20 minutes reading something like The Hobbit instead? So I started reading The Hobbit tonight and short <laughs> and long story short, I ended up spending 45 minutes reading instead of 20 minutes. So, but, uh, but they're enjoying it quite a bit. So it's been pretty dope. So, so now wait, just, 45 minutes. That means these kids were in bed at like seven. 630. Pat. No, seven. <laughs> In bed at like seven, seven, ten or so. How do you expect them to go to sleep? They can't fall asleep. There's sun shining in their eyes, you listen, know, from bro, the open listen, window. Something I learned long ago is that kids who go to bed early wake up early. Kids who go to bed late wake up early. So you're better off putting them to bed early. <laughs> still it's, it's the like truth. against the Geneva Convention. It's, it's cruel and unusual punishment. Yes, cruel and unusual punishment is getting, making sure your kids get to bed at a reasonable time. Yeah, for sure. A reasonable time is a reasonable time. What time do you think a seven-year-old, a, a six-year-old should go to bed? I don't know, like midnight after their <laughs> second bourbon. <laughs> I don't know, whenever they finish their, whenever they finish their eight ball, they can go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like nine o'clock. Oh my o'clock. gosh. Your bedtime should be your bedtime should be proportionate with your age. Every year you get older, you can stay up another hour. Uh yeah, we've been holding them steady at like seven o'clock 10. for years. Oh, 11 year olds, 11, 12 Jerry, year olds. You're on your own. You can do it. You, you are want. making a huge mistake, my friend. At that point. Well, my kids go to Uncle Jerry's house. You can put them at whatever time they want. Sounds <laughs> yeah. good to me. Going to come pick them up. It's like, oh, dad, we haven't slept in three days. You've been doing eight balls. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Pretty much. She's been making us clean as cast iron all weekend. Well, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Listen, you can sleep when you're dead. Sleep when you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot going on here. Do you want? Did you do any magic this past weekend? Did you play any magic? Uh, I played some webcam magic and some casual nice. magic. I didn't really play in any uh, tournaments or anything. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about playing in this. It's like a magic online tournament, but mm-hmm. it's being run by a store. It's a five k really uh, being held over Magic Online. Yeah. So. Here I have the info here. It's uh 
Insight Esports, mm-hmm. Pat. So it's it's a sporting event. Okay, I'm going to hard pass on that on Saturday. All right, that's the end of the plug for that <laughs> event. And no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, Insight uh, Esports is doing their first Legacy Open. It's a fifteen dollar buy in, and it's a uh, it's a five k, mm-hmm. or at least that's I believe awesome. it's a five k. That's what my friend told me uh to check it out and it's going to be on magic online and i think you just uh you know you use your uh you know it's probably like some third-party website to actually pair stuff up and mm-hmm. you like play and then report it so uh be interesting i've i've done like similar events to this but never with like such a big prize pool at stake and you know obviously nice. because it's a, that's cool yeah 5k is pretty legit yeah and you know obviously because it's you know there's so much on the line you can't just do paper magic uh with webcam just because you know the risk of cheating is so much higher but with magic online yeah you don't need to worry about cheating it's actually impossible to cheat huh. with magic online outside of like bugs and you know specific exploits um, Nice, but yeah so it's a cool event so it's going to be on saturday so if you're Listening to this episode when it comes out, it's uh, going to be tomorrow for you, and you probably can still sign up for it. Um, and yeah, it just looks like a good time, so I think I might try it out. Sweet, that's awesome. Yeah, I um, I actually contacted uh, one of the local stores here, e- uh, Eric at ELD, to play their well, Wednesday Night Legacy uh, series, their webcam series. So hopefully, I'll be doing that uh, Wednesday night. I'm going to set up my stuff tomorrow and uh, sleeve my deck up with you know updating my deck for, the, for like the last like 14 months of magic that i haven't been keeping up with so uh it should be pretty <laughs> sweet i'm pretty excited see nice. if i still know how to play magic hell yeah. yeah um but yeah other than that just been you know doing some casual stuff got, got my uh True. my sneaking show just playing some webcam magic but yeah nice i am excited for all these spoilers that are rolling in though yeah, a ton of them. Uh, yeah, that was which is pretty pretty dope. Uh, you want to talk about them? I think that's kind of gonna be the bulk of the of the episode tonight. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. Um, I think we, much like Modern Horizons one, for better or for worse, uh, a lot of these cards are gonna end up seeing play. They're definitely on uh, you know the power level uh, of Legacy, and mm-hmm. it could probably bring some pretty big changes to the format depending on how people adopt them um nice. i think pro- this is my first pass at a lot of these cards what's it go, go ahead sorry I, I was just gonna say as far as like i think some stand above the rest as far as playability um i think there's some like mm-hmm. niche playable and maybe like some sideboard cards and then i think we have some other cards here that are gonna like distinctly uh you know got some waves in the format um cool. my bet as far as kind of the number one for that on uh, the elephant in the room at least so far is uh grief have you taken a look at this one uh not really no so this is gonna be my i mean i have not been on the the facebook page this week really i haven't been on my phone a lot uh, the last few days so i haven't seen a lot of these spoilers so this will be my first pass at quite a few of them but uh no i'm looking at grief right now it's two black black for a creature elemental incarnation a creature uh creature i said what i said creature sorry (laughs) yeah green two Uh, black black three two minutes it's basically an unmask on a on a body so oh it's menace uh when grief enters the battlefield target opponent reveals their hand you choose a non-land card from it that player discards that card and then it has evoke exile black card from your hand which is the alternate now unmask isn't a Unmask isn't target opponent, right? It's target player. 
Yeah, so it's not a strict upgrade to Unmask, which is why I still think Unmask is still going to see play in things like uh, Reanimator. You know, some Reanimator right, players I've talked to. Yeah, some reanimated top players I've talked to said, uh, you know, hey, we're still going to run grief because it's just that much of an upgrade. And others are like, no way, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, the number of times I make myself discard with unmask in order to get like a turn one combo or something is high enough that, you know, I just I don't want right. to risk uh, getting stuck with it. Right. But three two body, though, is not is not horrible. No, not at all. And I think where this is really going to shine is in uh, uh, dredge. I This mm-hmm. is a better card for dredge because with evoke you actually want it dying <laughs> because when it evokes and dies uh you get triggers off a of bridge from below so basically right. now for dredge their unmasks are also bridge from below triggers also because it's a creature it counts for vengevine so vengevine can come back into right. play when you evoke with this so like you could yep, theoretically yep. uh get you know turn one venge vines if you go like lotus petal faithless looting ditch some uh ditch some venge vines and then you know do some griefs and then get get some venge vines on turn one so i think this just makes uh dredge that much more explosive it, it increases the number of you know turn one hogak turn one venge vine possibilities that they can do nice so, I mean, I, I nice. think grief grief right now is head and shoulders, probably the most likely to see play uh, that we've seen so mm-hmm. far, um, just because it's already on, you know, it's already an unmask. We know unmask is good enough for legacy and right. it, it upgrades it in a way that, you know, it makes it, it makes it just slot perfectly into, into decks like dredge. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, and I wouldn't also what be does surprised. What do in mad? Go ahead. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, it also sees him play in, um, you know, maybe something like Esper or something like that. Just a deck that, you know, wants the discard, but also would be totally fine with having a body, you know, that are that's fine for like mm-hmm. paying its regular casting cost for it. Because also just like two black black for a three two menace that when it comes into play discards a card like that's super powerful in its own right. Like that's that's a pretty right. good value on a creature. You know, you're getting a three two menace for four, which is fine. But the fact that it is immediate card advantage when it comes into play, like that right there, is is uh, you know not anything to sleep on. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just I I think grief is great. We're definitely going to be seeing some grief in uh in the format to come. No, I mean I was looking at Dakin, but I don't think it's I I didn't know what surveil I forgot what surveil meant, but uh, surveil's like I don't scry. Know if that's any good. So surveils, yeah, like but you scry. put them in your graveyard also. Yeah, so instead of putting them in the bottom of your library, you put it in the graveyard, which is actually an upgrade. That's better. Or, than is it or your graveyard? Scrying. Yeah, or your graveyard. So back, so graveyard or back on top. Okay. Yeah. So you can choose to keep it on top okay. or put it in the graveyard. And in a format like Legacy, putting it into your graveyard is way more powerful than putting it on the bottom of your library. Totally. Yeah. 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 But it's an es- It's Esper. It's not. Yeah, yeah I don't think that's. Uh, but at be... the same time, I mean, I'm never going to discount a three mana planeswalker ever again because we said the exact same thing about Oko, and we said the same thing about yeah. Red and Six when it was in Modern Horizons yeah. One. I, I how about like, them bringing I, back Richard Kane Ferguson for the art on this? It's fucking dope. 
Yeah, I mean, bring it. It's definitely a huge flavor win. So we're talking about uh, Dak yeah. and Shadow Slayer, Slayer, which is a yeah, you know, a callback oh, to so uh, awesome. <laughs> Dak and Black, Dak and Black Blade, Blade from from Legends. Yep. So I yep. mean, yeah, I, I I'm I'm really I'm not sure where this goes because when I first saw it, my first thought was in something like uh, Karn doing like an Esper Karn Echoes type builds. Okay. Yep. But the problem with those is a lot of their mana comes from mana rocks. So right. like because this planeswalker has loyalty equal to the number of lands that you have, that that means yeah. you don't want to ramp it out. Like you don't want to play this guy right. in turn one or two. Yeah, this is like something you want to play in turn four or five. Yeah, like this it's a great late game card. And that's the thing, is like if you if you top deck this late game, it's probably one of the better top decks you can get because you can probably ult it the turn it comes into play and you probably have a graveyard, you know, chock full of stuff to bring back. Yeah. Is there anything that's worth that? That's an artifact that you want to play for, for minus like, yeah. So I don't know. So the big ones are blight steel Colossus. Uh, Okay. Then there's things like, um, uh, mere Battlesphere, Sundering Titan, right, right. Uh, Inkwell Leviathan, um, Liquid Metal Coating, I guess. Like if it's in the, the Karn deck, something Sphinx. Oh, Sphinx of the Steel Winds. That's another one. Okay. Uh, and then you yep. could also do like non creature stuff, like you can do like Bolasa Citadel. So, oh, right, right, right. I don't really know where this this fits, and I don't think it fits into any existing deck, but it's definitely an interesting card and it's definitely powerful. Yeah. It's just like it has the it has the power level to see legacy play. It's just I don't think it fits anywhere into legacy, if that makes sense. And I don't think it's right. Yeah, that while, makes it's sense. Po- while it's powerful enough to see play, it's not powerful enough to build around. But, mm-hmm. you know, the stats on it is is great. You know, that plus one surveil, if that said surveil to draw a card, like this would be a whole nother story like that. That would be awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, that would be the dope. minus the minus three straight up exiling a creature. You know, that's definitely relevant. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's plus one is meh. It's minus three is great, but minus three is kind of a hefty cost. And then. The minus six alt is not only you know very doable, but is also something that could win the game if you put in like a Blightsteel Colossus or reanimate a uh, mere battle sphere or something like that. So I mean, I think for now we're probably only gonna see it in in commander and like cubes. Mm-hmm. But you know, if mm-hmm. ever there is a uh, like an Esper artifact reanimator style thing, um, you know, I, I could definitely see this uh, seeing some play. I just don't think it has a home right now. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you checked out uh, Ustry Fortune's Flame? This is a blue red card, so I can't not talk about it. <laughs> I have. I actually po- <laughs> I posted this on the Facebook, but I know I know you weren't. Uh, you haven't been looking at the Facebook page. No. Uh, yeah, this, I haven't. This, this this is the card that Wizards prints to make me set tickets on fire because I'm just gonna play janky, yeah, janky I mean, decks. Dude, all I wish is that this card had haste because like being a three mana, two, three flyer that doesn't have haste. I'm like, oh, I just wanted to have haste so I can just like play it and then attack for attack for two and then immediately flip five coins because I'm going all or nothing. Right. I either want to draw. I'm going to draw some number of cards or just t- like get a bunch of shocks to the face. But like I want to play this card so bad. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, no, this car, this car. Do you have to over. win five flips in a single turn, or is it yes. cumul- cumulative? I believe you have to do it. That, yeah. That not, oh, oh, that's a good question. If you won five flips this that, way, that's a good question. It could is it, it might be cumulative if you just win five flips in general. Because the the odds of flipping five coins and getting the, the you know are very low. Yeah, but I, I think you're right, Pat. I think it is cumulative the way it's worded. If you won five flips this way, doesn't say this turn, just, just five flips in general, right. you may cast spells from your hand this turn without paying its their mana cost. Yeah. We're going to have to ask have, a judge uh, how that actually works. Yeah, it seems kind of cool. I'm looking at Mythic because sometimes they have like, or would that be on, I think on Mythic sometimes they have rulings on here. Yeah, I don't, we're, I don't uh, think I don't think any rulings have I don't think any rulings have come out until it actually gets printed and the judges get their hands on it. That makes sense, yeah. Um, but you know, I love it because I'm going to be playing this with uh, I'm going to slotting it into my old chance encounter cracks thumb deck. So cha- oh, chance en- <laughs> chance encounter is an enchantment back from uh, Odyssey, and I had this deck like 10, 15 years ago or whatever. But it's two red red for an enchantment. If you win a coin flip, you put a luck counter on it. And if it has mm-hmm. 10, 10 luck counters or more, you win the game. So just got to win 10 coin flips. Then you win the game. And this lets you flip five coins every time you attack. That's halfway there, assuming you win them all. <laughs> but with, with Crack's thumb, you double your chances of winning. So I'm, I'm slotting this into my... I love it. Yeah. Slotting this into my chance. You have to, right? Deck. Yeah. We're going to... <laughs> We're gonna win like one game out of every ten, but uh, it, that one game is gonna be hundred percent worth it. <laughs> That's amazing. Whoa, ha- have we seen trample over planeswalkers before? No, so that's the first time that's ever been printed. Um, okay, I, I don't think this card's any good. I just I noticed the trample over planeswalkers, and, and it was very interesting. It is interesting though. Huh. It is so you're talking about uh, Thrasta Tempest Roar, which is. 10. Yeah, it's 10 green green. <laughs> yep. For a 7-7 seven, seven, trample haste, trample over planeswalkers. It has hex proof as long as it entered the battlefield this turn. And then it, the interesting part about it is this card costs three less to cast for each other spell cast this turn. Right. Um, so the only thing I could think is this this could see uh some interaction with like alice worse rider and uh like like grishel brand right so that, i mean that this is really more for mm-hmm. modern uh than legacy but i could see i could see that uh finding its way into uh grishel brand decks mm-hmm. though i don't know anything really about modern what modern looks like i don't even know grishel brand is still a thing in modern but that- no, i i literally don't yeah i don't know anything about it either i'm sure some modern podcast will be able to discuss that more in depth yeah but that and t- say we're idiots yeah that's that's basically what i thought of when i saw that is like oh that's kind of like allosaurus rider and you know a similar like mm-hmm. big old green creature that you can cheat into play for free if you jump through some hoops mm-hmm. um so another interesting one that people have been talking about is profane tutor we taking a look at that yeah for sure is that also uh dak and blackblade on the on the on that yeah, I believe that's also Dak. I think it is, or or it's, or it's whoever's forging his hammer. It's all, uh, Richard Kane Ferguson art again, which is pretty cool. His sword, yeah, uh, yeah. So profane tutor. Uh, it's a sorcery for suspend two one of black. Yeah, important. It doesn't have a mana cost. You literally cannot cast this. Right. 
uh, search your library for a card, then put that card into your hand, then shuffle. Yeah. So basically similar to ancestral visions, um, you know, it's a demonic tutor basically that you have to jump through some hoops for mm-hmm. uh, the suspend is fine. Like suspend two is not the biggest, you know, deal. So you, you suspend this on turn two, you get to cast it on turn four and find whatever you want. Um, I think where this card would actually shine though, is uh, the loopholes that uh, ancestral vision also uses. So like, shardless agent you can cascade into this um as for told you can pay, play it for free with as for told so you know i don't think it's gonna be a big deal in legacy by any means but i wouldn't be surprised if i see like uh, some niche decks pop up that use this as like a fun card that they can take advantage of with uh you know mm-hmm. cascade or or other like cheat effects i i definitely don't think like storm wants it like I think it's yeah. it's too slow and unpredictable for Storm, and it's it's also it's a terrible top deck is its biggest problem. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, because it's like oh I'll play this and then use it in two turns. Yeah, like that's that's not really gonna work. Like they already like Storm already has Wishclaw. Like mm-hmm. if Storm really wants that effect, they're just gonna use Wishclaw instead. Yep. Um, Profane Tutor's too slow for it. So if anything, I think this would just be in like some cheeky Cascade mm-hmm. deck like Shardless Agent. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do like that's probably not very good, but I still like it is this rise and shine. Uh, what's rise and shine? So it's a it's a blue sorcery, one in a blue. Target non artifact, uh, or sorry, non creature artifact you control becomes a zero zero artifact creature. Put four plus one plus one counters on each artifact that became a creature this way. Okay, and then it has overload of four blue blue and then you do it to all your artifacts so you're playing with like a bunch of like dark steel citadels and like is that lotus petals and lotus petals crow moxes um well lotus petals aren't that great with this right because like if you're going to overload it you're probably paying your load you're probably using your lotus petals to cast it right yeah it it depends like it it definitely depends but like even just like um grim monoliths and things like that so i I could see i could see this being a a one or two of in the karn echoes decks as a like alternate uh uh, win condition where sometimes you just kind of like you go the elves route and it's like oh all my mana rocks are now four four dudes that are going (laughs) to come crashing in like have fun dealing with that right uh because like Six six is reasonable to to actually be cast by that deck because that deck does mm-hmm. have a fair amount of mana ramp, and its yeah. mana ramp is also the exact same thing that you want to be turning into four four creatures once you're done ramping. Yep, yep. So you know, turn all those turn those chrome moxes into four four dudes. Mm. So uh, I like that rise and shine. Um, I don't think it's going to see a ton of play, but I can see it being like a spicy addition to artifact based decks. Yeah. Uh, prismatic ending is a uh, is interesting, right? I don't know if that's for legacy though. Yeah, I got more flack for this than I was expecting. I think I mean, it's for legacy. So yeah, yeah. Why don't you read the card, Jerry, so people know what we're talking about? So prismatic ending X and a white sorcery converge exile target non land permanent if its mana value is less than or equal to the number of colors of mana spent to cast this spell. So this was this actually was uh, pretty hotly debated on the Facebook page. Yeah, a lot of people thought it was great. A lot of other people thought it was terrible and wouldn't see play. Um, I think it's probably going to be somewhere in between. I would kind of put this on the same power level as Council's Judgment. So 
it will see it as like maybe a one of in a couple of decks and then a sideboard card in others. Mm -hmm. But I think it's on like that same power level of council's judgment where obviously council's judgment is the ceiling. Basically anything more than three mana, it just makes sense to use council's judgment instead. Council's judgment Mm -hmm. would be the better answer where this comes into play is for the cheaper stuff. Um, So, you know, just if you just cast this for white, you know, gets rid of, Delver, Merit Lage, Aether Vials, every one drop, you know, it it hits pretty much everything because right. it's exile target non-land permanent. Right, right. The number right. of one mana or less non-land permanents in legacy, like that yeah. list is huge. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely for sure. huge. You could also cast this for two, get rid of a chalice, right? Well, yeah, that's the thing is like, so if we're, and then if we're talking about like two and three mana decks, like you're pretty much hitting every, almost everything relevant with mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. um basically the only thing council's judgment you would need for is uh you know the bigger stuff like uh grizzle brand and things that get cheated into play and yeah. then the big thing that this doesn't hit is the delve creatures right so right. not hitting your hooting mandrills not hitting the Gurmag anglers it's not hitting that that uh delve whale that mm-hmm. uh blue red delver ethereal forager sometimes. yes thank you so yeah. that's what this card isn't hitting but what I really like about it uh, with this flexibility is how it interacts with Thalia. So if you have a Thalia in play, Council's Judgment looks real bad because Council's Judgment ends up costing four right. mana. It's two white, white. Yep. Whereas with this, you can cast it for white. The Thalia gets tacked on. And let's say you pay blue for Thalia. Yep. That blue mana you use to pay for Thalia counts for the convergence cost really it's the same way as how uh engineered explosives work like i i people death and dice players will know this well your opponents go like engineered explosives on two and your uh, death and taxes players go oh did you play an extra one for thalia and you're like well no the way it works is thalia counts and it adds a charge counter and i've had so many judge calls about it and every time the judge is just like yep yeah so the way it works is the extra mana you pay for the taxing effect counts for the mana being spent to cast this card really that's inter- i did not know so, that interesting so this plays really well with thalia so like the blue white control decks that are running thalia i can see running this because um, it just it plays with Thalia a lot better than Council's Judgment does because Thalia basically makes Council's Judgment too expensive to be worth it. Oh, I see. The other thing is because it's an X cast uh, cost, it's a great way to deal with Chalice of the Void. You know what we used to do back in the day with ch- to deal with chalices is we would play engineered explosives mm-hmm. or to get around counterbalance to get around counterbalance as well. Like any of like paying more mana to get over counterbalance or chalice or anything that care or uh um sanctum prelate or you know anything that cares about a specific mana cost Mm -hmm. you can dump extra mana like i can pay seven white right and dump it into prismatic prismatic ending in order to deal with the chalice because it doesn't matter as far as the text goes, but it does affect the casting cost, pushing it up and over the limits that it would be get countered by Chalice of the Void right. or Sanctum right. Prelate or you know anything like that. So it's that sort of flexibility and that sort of interaction with Thalia, which makes me really like this card in certain situations over Council's Judgment. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to replace Council's Judgment. 
it's definitely not going to replace source to plowshares, but it definitely has a spot where depending on how the meta looks, I can definitely see people adding this as a sideboard card or adding it as a one of in their control list uh, to deal with those, you know, specific situations. I like it. What about fractured sanity? I saw this, uh, someone brought this into, um, I think someone was saying this might be a good card for Delver uh, against Doomsday. And Delver chat was like, you know, you know, (laughs) Doomsday is like uh, almost like a buy for Delver. So it's not really what you're, you don't want to bring in a sideboard card for that. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's a powerful mill card. I mean, it's cycle. So you, you, it's basically for sure 14 cards. So, well, yeah, you can cast it for blue, blue, blue to mill for 14. But then it also has cycling one in a yep. blue. And when you cycle it, each opponent mills four. So it's still draw a card mill four. I mean, they're eventually going to yep. print a critical mass. Oh, high tide. A critical mass of, of mill cards are going to get printed eventually. And mill is going to be a real deck. It's just a matter of is is today the day. It's like the meme of the starfish. Is this a, <laughs> is this a high tide? Is this a, is this a high tide card? Uh, no. Okay. I wouldn't. Why would high tide want it? I don't know. Don't they mill you? I don't know. No. I haven't played high, against high tide in fucking like four well, years. I mean, they they make you draw your deck with uh, like stroke of genius, or at least they used to. Um, brain freeze, yeah, right? Brain freeze. But you don't want to yeah. do that bit by bit. You do that all at once with one card. Like it's gonna be if it's gonna be in a mill deck if this sees play. And maybe this is the day. Like maybe we yeah. get to post the little starfish meme. Like today's the day. <laughs> Mill is a real deck. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's too bad. It's not like you can't target yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is one downside. Is you can't. They're pretty, they're pretty sick. You can't self mill with this. Because I mean, if you could self mill with this, I could totally yeah. see it going into like uh, like a reanimator style deck that like mills. Oh my god, that. yeah, <laughs> black blue black reanimators back, baby. Yeah, like we're back in business, baby. Like self self mill or like a cephalid breakfast style deck, like that just or even just like a hogak style deck, like add blue add blue to hogak, fill up your library for fourteen cards. Like Dredge would fucking love that. <laughs> So I can see why it doesn't, it's not allowed to target yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it even goes with, I, this card isn't good. I just really like the flavor text of it and it plays really well. With Fractured sanity. Um, but late to dinner is three and a white for a sorcery return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, create a food token. It's just interesting. The color pie shifts uh, that, you know, they're giving, they're mm-hmm. giving white reanimate spells now. You know, we've had some white reanimate spells, but they're pushing it more and more. Um, mm-hmm. So I can see why like fractured sanity doesn't target yourself because otherwise you could just do some ridiculous self mill reanimator style decks. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot of squirrels in this set. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving the squirrels. So a lot of like, squirrels. Squirrel- look at four. Yeah, squirrels is definitely a theme in uh, Modern Horizons. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna love drafting this set. I can already tell. Like this set looks like a oh, yeah. ton of fun to draft, and I'm gonna draft. I'm gonna force squirrels every time. Hey, can we do a? <laughs> do you want to? You want to draft it and stream it? Yeah, we could do a. We could do a draft and stream. We it's, haven't done that in we, forever. We haven't. Yeah, like get set up uh, cameras and uh, well, just like do it. We in, could screen. Yeah, yeah. If you want to even like if you if you want to screen share. I can stream it from here and you can screen share your screen. We can do OBS and just stream it together from, you know, uh, remotely. Be kind of fun. drafting. Remotely yeah, yeah. Is so hard though. Is it? Yeah. I mean, you can't pass packs remotely, Pat. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying on magic online. Oh, yeah, do yeah, a magic yeah, yeah, online yeah. draft. Oh yeah. 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 No, we can do yeah. some, we can do some modern horizons. Uh, magic online. We should, drafts we should do that. That'd be fun. 
That'd be fun. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's get that on the calendar. Fuck it. I'm yeah. gonna take let's all go. the squirrel sovereigns. I'm gonna have like 77 copies of Squirrel Sovereign in my Magic Online account. <laughs> time, King Squirrel. <laughs> King Squirrel. It's uh, uh I forget who it was. Someone pointed out on the uh, Facebook page that its flavor text is a callback to uh, Goblin King. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 So. So Squirrel Sovereign, because we haven't said it yet, it's a one and a green for a two-two. Other squirrels you control get plus one plus one, <laughs> uh, which is amazing. And its flavor text is basically the same as Goblin King's flavor text, except it replaces all of the goblin names with uh, what I assume are squirrel names. Oh, that's awesome! So yeah, I don't I don't think any of the squirrels are good enough that we're gonna see them uh, see legacy play. <laughs> but it is good to know that's that you know squirrel tribal's a thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, uh, Rashad and Doc Hand. Basically, after Grief, I think this is the most likely card to see Legacy play. Mm-hmm. Um, this card is is sweet. So it's a Merfolk. So right away you got to pay attention to it just because it's from a super relevant tribe. And not, not only that, it's a one mana Merfolk. And that is something Merfolk has really been missing a lot of is uh, just a one drop. Because right now they basically kind of have Curse Catcher, and that's it. Every other merfolk that's relevant costs two or three mana. So the one drop is is always been lacking in in merfolk. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a, a one mana, one, two with island walk. Uh, so if it gets pumped up with lords, that's really relevant. But it's real relevant piece is it has one mana tap, tap target land. You know, it's basically a Rashad mm-hmm. and port on a creature. Uh, and already people are talking about doing like eight port decks. Uh, so like Merfolk uh, might like report replace the Munivolts. I don't know if that's actually going to be good. I think Munivolts too key for Merfolk for them to actually get rid of it. Right. But um, you could do like a uh, blue white taxes list that runs like four Rashad and dark hand for dock hand four Rashad and port and Thalia's. And then because it's running mm. days, you, you could theoretically run day uh, days, but I don't think the mana is going to work out because you're probably going to want to run wastelands as well. And four Rashad and mm-hmm. Port, four wastelands. That's eight co- non islands <laughs> yeah. in your in yeah. your deck. That makes days real iffy. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I yeah, think Rashad yeah, yeah. and is really powerful. I I think it'll see play in Merfolk, and I think it could also give rise to like this new like blue white style taxes list running like thalias mm-hmm. and meddling mages and uh eight rashad and port effects and also just it plays really well with vile which is something you want with rashad and port anyways um you know the, yep. the biggest problem with rashad and port is it's it's mana inefficient because you have to spend two mana to tap down one of your opponent's lands Whereas now, right, because right. this is a creature, it's now a one-for-one one trade. You're spending one mana and a creature to tap down one of your opponent's lands. So it makes the equation a lot more efficient in that way, uh, where you know you can get your uh, value off of Vile and you know between Thalia and Rashad and Port and Rashad and Dockhand, your opponent is just not going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. So hmm. I, I would say like my, my stack rankings for the set right now, as far as most likely to see play is probably like grief in no, number one, uh, Rashad and doc hands in number two. And then like maybe uh profane tutor, but I think we'll probably end up seeing more prismatic endings than profane tutors. Okay. I think profane tutor will only really see play if it uh, 
sees play in like a cascade style deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would I would put that as like grief, dock and uh prismatic endings as my top three cards most likely to see legacy play. What about Diamond Line? You don't think that's got a chance? Now we talked about it with Bryant on last yeah, week's episode. Yeah. Brainstone, kinda, Diamond Lion, they're cute, but yeah, they're kind of trash. I'm yeah. I'm kind of disappointed because they're finishing the sword cycle. Right. We're getting uh we're getting they're we're getting allied colored swords, but they kind of Espada suck. <laughs> de Morda y Olgar. Holgar. Uh how, how'd I do? I'm not I don't know Spanish. I know French. Hey, you did you did okay. For our English speakers, though, okay, it's sick. uh sword of home and hearth. Uh equipped yep. so it's a regular sword, you know, cat cast for three, equipped for two. Equipped creature gets plus two plus two, pro green and white. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, exile up to one target creature you own, then search your library for a basic land card and put both cards onto the battlefields under your control, then shuffle. Uh, that's fine, but I'm not eh. I'm not playing it over Sword of Fire and Ice, that's for sure. Yeah, especially if like you only have one creature. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are you uh, gonna do? You, you exile the creature and then you have to pay the two mana to equip it again. Right. I mean, I, right. And like, how many basics are we running? Like, I don't yeah, know. I know there's that like that phasing deck that sees play with um oh what's the spirits like the one white black uh it's the Seb McKinnon art of like the giant walking across. Oh. We did it. We we did its art. Uh yeah 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 yeah. So like, there's that. Uh, I don't remember. What it yeah, is. there's that phasing deck that that's all about like uh, blinking your creatures in and out of existence for for value. So like, yep. maybe that would want to play this, but. Outside of that, I just don't think this is better than than all the other swords we already have. Um, and then there's the other sword, uh, Sword of Truth and Justice, which I think is even worse. So, Cryptic Creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from white and blue. Whenever a Cryptid Creature deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one, plus one counter on a creature you control, then proliferate. Yep. That is super underwhelming for a sword. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like that's a fine effect, but if we're talking about a sword of blank and blank, like that is so much worse than the other swords that we've gotten. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if you're in a uh, planeswalker heavy deck, the proliferate is nice for proliferating the uh, loyalty counters, but I huh. just don't think it's very good. Like I, I don't see myself playing any of those over the swords that we already have, and the swords that we already have don't really see much play anymore <laughs> they're, they're no they really like, don't outside of like sword of fire and ice and sorted feast and famine like you just do not see swords and even those two you don't see them that often no i mean stone blade decks in general have just fallen by the way have kind of fallen out of favor it mm, seems like you no, know i wouldn't necessarily agree with that we're still seeing like uh esper blade decks and you know plenty of stoneforge mystics and death and taxes and stuff like that it's just you know it's very rarely that you want to get anything other than batter skull and when you do want to get something other than batter skull it's probably umazawa's jitte <laughs> right it's just yeah. like the competition's pretty steep so yeah i just i don't really see either of those swords seeing much play other than like a mm-hmm. very specific situation yeah what are these uh weird bordered cards that they have in here like uh, they have Dakin in there, Fractured Sanity, oh, Flame Tongue Yearling. Dude, that that is kind of my one gripe with uh, Modern Horizons. Every card has like eight different variants. <laughs> there's like three treatments, right? That well, no, I'm I'm actually yeah, looking at a Dakin Shadow Slayer regular, that has like full there's art. There's regular printing and regular printing foil. 
There's extended art and extended printing foil. Oh, these are showcase variants. And then there's showcase variant and showcase variant foil. And then there's old border foil, which also uh, the old borders only come in foil. And I know people are. Oh, no, really pissed off about that. Yeah, the. Oh, that sucks old, ass. Old dude. border cards only come in foil. Oh, I guess it spares me from having to buy any more force negation. So that's good. <laughs> Doesn't spare me. <laughs> yeah, sorry, bud. Take the bullet for that one, my yeah. friends. Uh, we did get a uh, like Marsh Flat, Scalding Tarn, Verdant Catacombs. That that yeah, uh, that's another. The Zendikar cycle is uh is getting reprinted, which is dope. Yep, I like Zendikar that. Zendikar cycle of Fetchlands, which is I, honestly, I know a lot of them are like promos, so a lot of people don't count them. But this is like the fifth or sixth printing of these Fetchlands. Yeah, I mean, I remember when Scalding Tarns were. I bought a beat to fuck Scalding Tarn in like GP Columbus in like 2016 for like ninety dollars, and I mean like beat to hell. It is it is in shit condition. It was like ninety bucks. I think I might have actually bought two. Mm-hmm. Um, and that because like it didn't seem like they were going down and they weren't gonna get reprinted anytime soon. And now we're starting to see them creep down to a reasonable price, which I think is great. Yeah, which sucks for me with all my <laughs> I never dumped them. <laughs> Still got my um eh, whatever. <laughs> oh boy. Also, what's cool is uh they're also reprinting Cabal Coffers, which right, super oh my god, Cabal Coffers desperately needed a reprint. It's an uncommon that was only printed in Odyssey, so like 15 years ago and it was an uncommon and before this got spoiled they were selling for like 50 60 bucks a cabal coffer wow so that desperately needed a reprint which is which is nice that we got that that's wild that's um, cool urza saga yeah i think it's fine in there well, uh, yeah. one thing we didn't talk about that i think is kind of interesting that i think might actually see some play in reanimator is uh sarah's emissary Oh, okay. Uh, some very uh, Grizzlebrand vibes here. It's a seven-seven flying for four white, white, white. So kind of mm-hmm. the opposite body of a uh, of a uh, Grizzlebrand, and it's a Grizzlebrand in white. And then it has flying. When Sarah's emissary enters the battlefield, choose a card type. You and creatures you control have protection against the chosen card type. I know it's niche. Mm. It's niche, but like Reanimator has run. Um, things like there's that beast that gives your creatures hex proof. Um, so this is just like uh, another uh, option that you can run on the sideboard as like a catch all to deal with, you know, very specific uh, types of cards. So like you can say your opponent has like a, uh, like a Supreme or a um, uh, all is dust or something like that. This can, this can mm-hmm. just give you an option to protect against uh you know those cards by by you know naming sorcery or naming instance so you know super super niche but it could be one of the uh the you know the one of creature slots that reanimator players use mm-hmm. i mean you can also just like name creatures drop this and then your opponents can't attack you anymore Right. Yeah. Yeah. And your and your creatures have pro creature. <laughs> yeah. So like, so even if they have like a million lingering souls tokens or something like that, you could drop um, this. There, your creatures are unblockable. Your creatures are unblockable, and they can't attack you on the crackback. So I think just just naming creature with this is enough that this could warrant seeing uh, a one of slot as a reanimator target. Hmm. So. 
that kind of does it as far as cards that I noticed that were were interesting that uh, you know could see some legacy play. And uh, the set's not mm-hmm. even fully spoiled yet, Pat. We still got a lot more. To yeah, we interested to see what else comes out. Uh, all right. Was there anything else you wanted to? Uh, was there any other cards we wanted to go over tonight? No, that's pretty much most it. of them. Yeah, yeah. We don't well, have the full spoilers, obviously, but. One thing to notice is spreading insurrection, not because it's actually playable, but the fact that it has storm. Is it the storm? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's interesting storm mechanic on that card. Yeah, because Wizards has said that they were like really never going to print storm again. And yep. here we see it. <laughs> so Shocker. I mean, yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it's it's kind of a it's kind of a terrible card, and that's probably why I saw play. But um you know, just it just goes to show you that Wizards is dipping its toes in dangerous waters again. Yeah, yeah, playing with fire, man. Playing all they had to do was give us old border non foil cards, and they couldn't even do that. Pat is grumpy, so sad. No, it's all it's old. all good. I, I wish I wish they were non foil, but I'm sure they'll learn. I'm sure they'll be like, oh, that was a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that just shows like a huge disconnect in like the wizards marketing heads yeah. that they're like, oh, players love the shit out of old border cards in Time yeah. Spire. Let's do it again. Makes great decision. Oh, and these are promos, so we got to make them foil, of course, right? Like everyone who loves promo cards loves foils, so make them all foil. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like it just shows such a huge disconnect between what the players actually want because. I agree with you, Pat. I would almost say the majority of players would rather get the old border cards and non-foil. I would like to think that's the case. I mean, again, I'm my opinion is colored because that I would only want non-foil, but it seems like a lot of people who dig the the old border cards are also dig non-foil, but you know. I, I love the old border cards too. And like, of course, if I was getting it for sneak and show, I would get it in foil because I have the deck foil. But if I'm getting like old yeah. border cards for other decks. I'm going to get them non-foil. Like I only get yeah. foils for my foil deck. Like I don't right, have right, foils right, right. for like all my other decks. Like I, I'm going to stick with regular. So even I would want regular copies of them. If nothing else, just for like the price standpoint. Right. Right. Uh, how much, how much equity could you free up if you defoiled your deck? Cause you could turn that all into Dogecoin, Jerry. And I think you should. I could. The problem is it's a super illiquid asset. Like moving foils is super hard. Like I I was selling off like a bunch of cards that I just don't play anymore. And it takes me probably three to four times as long to move foil copies of a card than regular versions of a card. Do you, are you in like EDH? You need to find some EDH players, man. That's all. Yeah. Well, I actually should probably, I should probably like if it's EDH stuff, that, that stuff moves pretty well, but like, Anything that's like legacy spike, like anything that sees play in legacy but doesn't see play in yeah. EDH, it's hard to it's hard to move foil copies of. I have a feeling we'll be seeing like that that market start picking up again because we are getting into summer, man. We like look, Massachusetts is opening up this weekend. I went out to I uh, went out to breakfast on Saturday in Rhode Island, and no masks in the store in, in the in the breakfast place. Like the waitresses weren't wearing them. It was wild, man. It was it was wild. So. I think I think once like my, my point is like once like the demand for paper uh, card starts picking up, I think hopefully the marketplace will be a little bit more to your benefit then, you know? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But because I- it's hard. I think it's hard for people to buy the cards when they're not going to play them. You know, I mean, that's just again, that's uh, anecdotal. But yeah, well, it's also it's just like 
people who want foils usually want near mints and it's very difficult to keep foils near mints because they like foils <laughs> never have i met like a uh more self-depreciating item than foil cars that destroy <laughs> themselves <laughs> over time yeah it's kind of a bummer i will say the foils from um from time Spiral remastered have been pretty good that's good that's good so hopefully they make okay, fix i haven't seen a lot of bending in those which is nice yeah yeah so we'll see we'll see but, but yeah i'm probably gonna post like a, a spreadsheet to the facebook page coming up because i just have a bunch of cards that i realize oh i haven't played this card since 2012 i should probably sell it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm going through a similar thing i'm just so i so i'm just so lazy that's all it is dude i have a bunch of cards i have to sell and like i just don't feel like listing them listing is a ton of work i literally i probably spent four or five hours the other day just making a spreadsheet of all the cards i wanted to sell and it takes it takes a long time yeah because you got to look up prices and you got to type it all in and you know see what condition it's in and it's just a pain in the ass pain in the neck man really makes that you know 50 percent haircut selling to a buy list uh you know a lot more reasonable well yeah i yeah i just hate i hate losing that much value in it you know it's hard to do. Yeah, but Pat, just hard to do think it. about it. You could be taking all that time and spending it looking at Dogecoin charts instead. Oh, you're right, Jerry. <laughs> you you got me. You got me. You know my Achilles heel. Yeah. And when it dipped, so I bought in at like 63 and then it dipped to like in like 30. And I bought the dip to lower my overall price to to drop by 10 cents a share. Averaging down. Great, man. Averaging down. <laughs> dollar cost averaging, baby. Oh, that's great. Got to buy the dip, kid. Buy the dip. I don't know. I came back with guac. Instructions unclear. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, do you want to get into scoops and poops? Let's do some scoops. All right, Jerry. Who do you want to scoop in the top eight this week? I am scooping in. Yikes. Uh I got nothing this week, Pat. I got I got no good All feelings. Right. No good feelings this week. I have a I have a great scoop. I have a great scoop this week. I want to scoop in Anthony Benedetti, who posted up a song he wrote oh, on yes. the Facebook group. <laughs> that was pretty great. Did you see it this? Great. Dude, it was like really life, good. life in the 90s, life in the 90s rap or something like that. What was it called? It was like magic in the 90s. <laughs> It is pretty dope. Um, but yeah, so I want to scoop him in the top eight. Uh, the I really I, listen. I like the song so much that I opened up my YouTube app, which I literally almost never do unless I'm trying to fix something in my house. I never go on YouTube and I actually opened it up just so I could hit him a like and subscribe on that page. So, uh, yeah, so just shout out to Anthony. It was really awesome. Uh, I thought it was really well written, well sung. Uh, I thought the 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 video was really funny, so it was awesome. Um, and that's all I got, man. That's it. Sick. Well, let's get out of here, Pat. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, if you guys want to support the show, you know, you can visit the Patreon page, yada, yada, yada. Uh, that's all we got for this week. Uh, we'll catch you all next week. Bye. I remember playing back in 94 when three men never got me a four-four. I remember playing back in 94 Before storm, before the grizzled brands and neoforms I remember playing back in 95 
Battling the ivory tower with my black vines I remember playing back in 95 When the only force of will was the one we had inside You say we've come so far I say where we going so many planes, walkers, the stained glass ceilings broken. Gold plated diamond cards, still our wallets open. Take me back to 94. I remember playing in March of 96. Trading that moon and green ward for a chromium I remember playing in March of 96 When my local game store still sold packs of legends And they were only $10 a pack back then Which seemed like an awful lot to me at a time Cause I was a kid and I didn't make any money So I had to beg my mom to buy me one And finally she did And I was really hoping that I would open an Elder Dragon Legend But instead I opened a Tempest of Freet but I learned to love that Tempest of Freed, and I put that Tempest of Freed into every single deck that I made, but I was too scared to use its ability, because I couldn't bear the thought of losing my Tempest of Freed. That's what it meant to play Magic back then. We had a real emotional connection to the cards. Not like these kids today with their fancy Twitter accounts and their sideboard guides and their arena tournaments. Back in my day, when we would open a pack of cards, it was magical. We didn't know what we were going to get. Now it's all ones and zeros. I opened a $5 card. I'll trade you for your $7 card, or you're going to have to give me two extra dollars of value. No! Back in my day, when we traded for a card, it was because we liked it. I traded two dual lands for a minion of Leshurac. Have you seen the picture on that card? You say we've come so far. I still say where we go in. So many planes, walkers, the stained glass ceiling's broken. Gold-plated diamond cards, still our wallets open. Take me back to 94.